Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Daddy Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, join by Michael Sidri to look ahead to tonight's episode of... Hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but here's my number. This is Rampage, baby. <laughs> and seeing as this is a special episode, our final Rampage preview ever, Sidge, give me a beat. It's finally, <laughs> it's finally here, our last rampage ever. Watching this show became quite the endeavour. It started off strong, CM Punk, the young bucks. Now Sid and I couldn't give two fucks. <laughs> Tuning in was a pain, like circumcision. Instead, we'll tune into AW Collision. <laughs> Thank God it's come along. It feels heaven sent. But will Mark Henry still say... Anyway, let's look at tonight's card. Powerhouse Hobbs, don't disregard. He always looks great when he's in a fight. Just don't make him do any QTV shits. Another match sees the announced project lads taking on the acclaimed and the ass of dads. I'm talking like my hardy. You know what that means. TK can't keep him off our f***ing screens. He controls Ethan Page. The firm were defeated. I wish my memory of this story was deleted. All ego teams with Moriarty and Big Bill against some lucha boys who can't keep bloody still. <laughs> A number one contenders match to make you shout. That's right, it's the obligatory women's bout. Yeah. Baker Blue Rose Martinez will perform for the right to get their tits slapped by Tony Storm. So there it is, my last Rampage rap. Compared to listening to Fozzy, it wasn't that crap. Will this show be good? Definitely, maybe. But for the last time, did you Rampage, baby? Oh, Adam Warren. What am I doing on my phone? <laughs> for one last time. One last time right now. It is not setting an offer tomorrow. No, it isn't. It's, uh, I'm not setting a law. 
I'm not setting alarm. I'm going to belatedly catch Dominion. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do uh, tonight. And uh, I will uh, stave off Rampage until Monday morning <laughs> or lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, it's called... Tell you one thing. Don't... If you've somehow endured and survived the rap, <laughs> don't go anywhere yet because we're going to very apathetically run down this pretty dismal card or yep. this pretty inessential card. But then we're going to go through our favorite Rampage moments. And I'm genuinely like, yeah, happy to. This show used to be appointment viewing. Yeah, I was low-key going. Yeah. Um, no, there's been some awesome stuff on the show. I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing my memories of it. It's not ending. <laughs> just in case you've got the wrong end of the stick, we are just simply replacing it in our podcast schedules with AEW Collision. Yes. Uh, we would like to do, but well, we, we haven't got time basically to do any more. Uh, our schedules are rammed enough as it is, and AW Collision is going to be the biggest show, and this is going to, I mean, even more so devolve into a developmental show, basically. Um, but we have got some matches to look forward to tonight. Like you say, we'll talk about them first, then we'll get to what well, Rampage was good. Uh, Tony Storm's next challenger will be uh, revealed. She, they will go against her next week, I believe, on oh. Dynamite. Uh, an AEW Women's Championship number one contender match, uh, as I mentioned in that straight fire rap, uh, is Britt Baker versus Sky Blue versus Mercedes Martinez versus Nyla Rose. Who could be winning this one, Sage? Um, Dr. Britt Baker. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Indy Hartwell. Was Tony Storm all along a transitional champion? And they're going to further the story they were going to tell with Hater, just Baker playing her role because he likes to keep to his plans, Tony Khan. He will adjust them. Yeah. Um, but when he's got something in motion, not that he could describe the Outcasts program as in motion, considering it was just doing the same loop <laughs> of a track every single week. Um, it just feels like a weird one to do. They're obviously after a big, big rating mm -hmm. for whatever reason next week, probably to get enough eyes on the show ahead of, oh, we've got Collision and Forbidden yeah, Door. Yeah, So we've got Adam Cole there um, and MGF in a massive match for Dynamite, that. Yeah. If you look at, did you see what the segment did? Yeah, that was the best thing for them. Like, it was it. the best, it was the key part of that, Genuinely incredible rate and given decent the, number, yeah. Given the uh, competition, so I expect at a minimum Britt Baker to win tonight because she's the best draw in the division. Yeah. They're clearly after a rating for Collision and Forbidden Door eyeballs. Whether that means there's going to be a title switch necessarily, I don't know. But we'll talk about that next week, I yeah. guess. Let's not step on our own dicks on the Rampage preview match quality. Uh, look, it's going to be all action which is always a cheat code, I guess. Um, they overdid it at double or nothing for me with the amount of multi-man matches and whatnot. But promoters do these matches for a reason, and it's because you can hide like, the build of a singles match and all the rest of it by just having four people in there doing mad stuff at a faster rate. Um, it could be good, mm -hmm. but I watched... Um, Baker and Sheeta against Rose and Shafir at the Rampage taping live in Las Vegas, and it was very sloppy. 
So, I don't know. Good to see uh, Martinez back yeah. in there. Yeah, I agree. Too long, far too long. Far too long. Um, Nyla Rose is always a hoot. Britt Baker is a star who can, at times, be awesome. So, you know, who else is in there? Sky Blue. Sky Blue's coming along. Yeah. Sky Blue had a match um, against Trisha Dora at the uh, Rampage. No, at the Ring of Honor taping. And that got a pretty goddamn good reaction. Like, neither performer was particularly over in the building before the match happened. But they were dropping at each other on their back and shoulders <laughs> at these really sort of alarming angles that made you think it was the head and neck. Yeah. Um, it was really well worked. They generated the sense of danger. Um, they were really going at it. And it was um, very entertaining. So Sky Blue selling for Nyla Rose's power moves and Martinez's power moves could be something special. Not special. Let's not be stupid. Um, <laughs> I'm not one of these positivity engagement accounts who tries to make everything hyperbolic. But... There's, you know, there's precedent for this to go not particularly well, but there's scope for it to go particularly well. So I would expect something with not much heat. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what else can I say? Yeah, I think Sky Blue could get an interesting two count in there as well. Um, like you say, with the ascension that she's having uh, in Ring of Honor and in AEW. But yeah, we all know Britt Baker's winning this one. What did you make of the this news coming out today that they're... Uh, one of their original plans for yet another Forbidden Door dream match, we'll be talking more about it on Wrestle Culture later on today, was uh, Mercedes... Money. Money. Versus Soraya. Ooh, I'm glad it's not happening. I'm glad that's not happening. It worries me slightly, not just... Well, in and of itself, it would have worried me because Soraya, for me, hasn't done enough to justify the one women's match you're inevitably going to get at Forbidden Door. Um, I think that the heel turn hasn't even worked out that much. I think there's a sense that, not just within herself, but across the, the, the promotion, that it's felt she's a bigger star than she actually is. I haven't seen any appreciable difference in numbers. Um, I don't think she's been quite as terrible as a lot of cynical fans online have made out, but mm -hmm. she hasn't blown me away either. You'd be lying to yourself if you... If you say you've been blown away by a single Surya outing thus far. Um, so I feel like she might still work the Forbidden Door match against someone we don't know. Um, but what worries me beyond the idea that they thought that was good, because the rumoured and announced card otherwise looks unbelievable. Yeah. Like, legitimately unbelievable. So good that I'm worried that I've wasted a lot of, like, really... Superlatives <laughs> on other AEW shows because the very best version of this potential card looks like it could shatter everything that has come before it. Oh, and yeah. Not um, exaggerating there. But what worries me is that last year, right, this is going to be a bit long winded, but last year, what really annoyed me is that they used Forbidden Door in two major matches, one of which was actually abandoned as a Trojan horse just to build blood and guts on Dynamite the week after. Yeah. Like Moxley and Tanahashi, a lot of that was folded into the um, JAS versus BCC feud when they did the tag match with of Jericho. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the idea to build ZSJ Danielson before they couldn't do it was for Jericho to have um, put a bounty on Danielson's head that Sabre Jr. was going to collect to 
injure him ahead of um, blood and guts before it turned out he was shoot injured. What a load of complete bollocks. Yeah. I've said this before. You can do episodic TV 51 weeks of the year. No, like 48 weeks of the year. And they do do it, and you're an idiot if you can't infer the storylines. The whole premise of Forbidden Door is you've got the two, not including all Japan women in the early 90s. And if you haven't checked any of that out, loads of it's on YouTube. It's absolutely unbelievable. But not including that, nor all Japan pro wrestling in that era, in the King's Road era of the 90s. AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling post-Tanahashi Resurgence are the two most critically acclaimed wrestling promotions in ring of all time. The idea that representatives from each side want to determine who's actually the best, just keep it simple. I have a catchphrase, deft dovetailing booking about how much I like intricate episodic plotting, uh, plotting mystery. This is not the 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 event to do, oh, I'm going to fight your mate, and then I'm going to fight you weeks later at the pay-per-view. Like, don't bother doing that yeah. realistically. Um, don't use it for blood and guts to get a rating. Like, it should be so beautifully simple. And to AEW's immense credit, they've recognized this, I think. So I think a few people echoed my sentiments online last year, and Osprey Omega couldn't be more simple. Well, the original storyline was really like nicely woven and told subtly on social media, but the sequel kind of books itself because mm. they put the work in. Danielson Okada is the blueprint for Forbidden Door for me. So what worried me, sorry, about Soraya um Mercedes Monet and that potential match is that it kind of indicates to me that they were so fascinated by the real life story that they had no or relatively little focus on match quality. Mm. This should be a match quality show, a match yeah. graphic show, I'm sorry. Obviously, I know the story, the real-life story with um, Soraya and mercedes Monet is that one person did a move that wasn't reckless, it was just no, a no, no. accident that ended the other's career. Of course, there's beloved story in there. We don't need episodic American-style soap opera story on this show. We don't. Yeah. And I thought they were going to do that and sacrifice match quality. Um, I don't know if it's one of those things where Soraya's on a packet and they feel like they need to justify a salary. Yeah. But my favorite thing about AEW is that no matter your size, no matter your background, no matter your perception online or with like venerated old school minds, if you get over, it's a meritocracy. You get over and you get mm -hmm. pushed. Soraya's not over. So I don't think she, at present, deserves the slot. Don't take this the wrong way, anyone. But I'm really glad those wrestlers got injured last year. <laughs> because, and what I mean by that, before you jump all over me, uh, what I mean by that is it feels like this year they've gone, right, nothing's promised. We don't know, uh, you know, whether this will you know, continue into next year, who will have available next year. So if we can do it now... Let's just do it now. Yeah. We can, there'll be more dream matches by next year. So like you say, Omega, uh, Osprey, two, great. Okada, Danielson, I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just like, and now, yeah, all the other things that are going to be rumoured. Kenta versus Punk's being talked about. This is the most I've been into AEW all year. 
Yeah. Because I'm just constantly refreshing Twitter for updates on rumors. Mm. Like Punk Kenta. Oh my and God. it's not just people knocking up, you know, stinging the Undertaker graphics for WrestleMania and going, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Half the time you have to double check it's not a thing that's been announced, which is. I know. Oh. Um, that's the thing, it's Sting Undertaker, but good. <laughs> and yeah. made real. Like, that's the magic of this yeah. show. Doesn't need some, like, soapy, overt story for me. Um, next up on tonight's Rampage, sorry to put you on the spot here, take your time with this one, because okay. it might take a bit of deliberating in your own head um, to, to, to call this one way or the other. I know you're very much on the fence for the acclaimed daddy ass versus the Spanish announced project. Jesus Christ. Rampage is now the home of the random acclaimed match because we need to do something with them and they will save the number from total oblivion because <laughs> they're really over and yeah. they draws. Um, it Perfect looks... embodiment of your thing earlier, talking about being a meritocracy, because there's no way that they were... They were just like, oh, that'd be a fun... We weren't saying, oh, that'd be a fun tag ch title challenge. And then, anyway, swerving our glory on to the next one. It's like, wait a second. No, let's go back and put the titles yeah, on them. So. exactly, exactly. So they've earned, by every measure of pro wrestling, merch, TV ratings, crowd response, they deserve a place on this card. Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge that. I'm just getting a little bit bored of it now. The formula is exposing itself. I... Gather they're going to do another match of the House of Black, which this will set up. And uh, it's weird. It's gone from these elite, uh, these trios tags, uh, these world trios titles, <laughs> gone from, all right, okay, this could be an absolutely incredible vehicle to explore the next chapter of the elite saga. That didn't really happen. They just had matches. So then you lowered your expectations. I don't like to do it, but I'm realistic yeah. at times. All right, okay, it's just going to be an absolutely incredible match every single time, whether it's the best of seven or the revolution match. It's bittersweet because you know these guys can tell stories, but if they want to do just great party matches at this stage of their career, it's weird, but I can't begrudge them. To now lower them in value and prestige and prominence yet again to are the acclaimed are over, so let's give them something to do. Because you're sacrificing match quality, mm. you're kind of sacrificing storytelling, you are just creating a vehicle for the Max Caster rap, which always gets a reaction. And I don't want to reduce the acclaim's popularity of that, because I love Bones in particular, and I'm so made up for what it says about the industry that he can get pushed and Absolutely. He can succeed. Um, but at the same time, in, in the fiction, I've not really cared less about the acclaimed in quite some time. But the Spanish announced team are going to lose. Yes, and I will still be watching Project. this this, uh, this uh, intently because Beyond. well, only be, only for the more uh, nuanced developments with what we seem to think now is a split coming between the acclaimed and Daddy Ass, which maybe comes off the back of another loss to, to the House of Black. Powerhouse Hobbs is in action tonight. He's squashing someone. Yeah, he's going to squash someone. Um, maybe. He's squashing someone here because he's clearly going to be a focal point of collision. Um, and it's just a way to reintroduce him. It's weird that he's a former TNT champion. He had it like this year and he has to be reintroduced. Reminded, maybe, is the better word, to AEW audiences. Oh, this guy can do this. And he's awesome at it. Um, I'm Tony Khan. I'm having QT Marshall rush the ring. Lift up his arm immediately after uh -huh, the win. Yeah. have to say... 
I did. Look at look how I guided you to this victory. Have Hobbs look a little bit like oh, you did nothing <laughs> for me. You know, I did this. You did nothing. And then do um, a breakup angle and maybe have QT just demolish uh, Hobbs demolish QT on the collision debut. Because one, it's a nice make good. Yeah. Two, it's basically an apology and a um, hint that we we've botched Hobbs. This is the mere culpa, and you can now take him seriously again, fingers crossed. Three, QT Marshall is actually excellent in the role of big bumping, second-hand, second-match stooge. Yeah. So it would be entertaining in and of itself as well. I like that. I was going to suggest something similar. Um, I think yours is better, though, because <laughs> I was going to suggest, yeah, it comes down after this squash, one-minute squash, whatever it is, and uh, says... Well, it feels like uh, AW Dynamite is the place for big announcements. There's going to be a big announcement on next week's Dynamite. Make sure you tune in. And on, then on Dynamite, I'd have him say, the big announcement is, we're all going to AW Collision. And Powerhouse Hobbs say, yeah, about that. You're staying right here. Yeah, I'm going yeah, off yeah, on yeah. that. And then, just, yeah, but it's saying, One of the two. just dominate just on Collision. Just get rid of QTV. Yeah, that's basically. The, that's the lead here. Let's not bury that. <laughs> that's the headline. Uh, one final thing to talk to you about before we get to recap on some of our favourite Rampage moments over the years. And that's the question that's you know always on our minds. And that's, can Matt Hardy fix Ethan Page? I don't care. Ethan Page is tagging with um, two guys he's never um, worked with before, I don't think, in, in Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Said it on the Dynamite Review, but why? Mm, Matt Hardy controls his contract, and he wants to, as he told me on Dynamite, lead Ethan Page down a better path. Mm -hmm. Why would he then tempt him to be an arsehole by contractually allowing him to team with his old mates who are still heels and could encourage his worst habits to make stories happen in a very contrived and stupid f***ing way? <laughs> That's what the f***ing reality is here. It is so shit. I'm so f***ing bored. Get rid of this shit now. And I'm worried that we're going to see this on Wednesdays because... Matt Hardy is almost certainly an elite and not a punk guy. Yes. He's not almost about it. So maybe they'll indulge him. Maybe they'll indulge him because Jeff Hardy's a draw. And he's brothers with Jeff. And he's teaming with Jeff. So basically, this is not going to end, even though no one cares. Yes. I feel like, uh, as you sort of mentioned on the Dynamite review this week, Lucha Bros and Bandido win because of Matt Hardy saying to Ethan Page... Be doing that uh, in confusion. Big Bill and Lee have to be all like, Ethan, what's going on? And he's like, Well, uh, you got my contract, don't he? I do not disagree with the idea of turning Ethan Page face. I like Ethan Page. I like Ethan Page. Tightest tits in the game is <laughs> one of the funniest things we've heard in our podcasting analytical careers. Yeah. We, were, we were mad on that. He seems to be. By all accounts, an incredibly nice dude, family man, good egg. So of course he can play a baby face. Just this is the worst possible vehicle I can imagine to accomplish that. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, uh, let's... Uh, Scrooged. <laughs> Instead... Turn our attention to uh, the fact that this is our last Rampage preview and, of course, on Monday, review ever. Yay! Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> that was meant to be leave the memories alone. Um, so let's go through some of our favorite moments because, like you say, this was a, a welcome addition when it first started to, to Dynamite. It's like one more hour of Dynamite, basically. And, and I mean, obviously, the origins of this show was goaded, as you said. Can you remember the online reception to the first Rampage? People said it's a better show than Dynamite. It doesn't have that... Because 2021 was obviously goaded. Yes. But there was always that, oh, the second hour's gone a bit weird before this great main event. And I think that indicated to a lot of people that we have experienced critical mass wrestling fatigue, a two-hour show... As much as AEW has sometimes done it tremendously, can never be entirely perfect. Rampage felt like you've got a company that's hot. You've got a company that's selling tickets. You've got a company that is in a creative wonder period. And what Rampage has accomplished on that first episode, just everything you love about it, cutting the fat out. Yeah. People love this. Brian Alvarez, I remember... So that he's a very memorable podcaster. Some of the lines he comes out with stick in my head. He said that with it debuting in August, if it can maintain this form, it could even win the best TV show of the year in the Observer Reader Awards. It didn't. It had already <laughs> fallen off by the end of 2021. Um, but my God, that first episode was unbelievable. Yeah. I remember 
the announcement of Kenny Omega and Christian Cage, and I thought, you know what? When you put them two together, like some of the possible counters and the way their like Arsenal's mesh is great, like the one winged angel, unprettier, like that can be countered together. V trigger into the sp- uh, the spear. There's mm-hmm. loads they could do. They did work a match very counter based, a very Christian Cage structured match, and. Even though I could see the moves that they could counter into their own, they still surprised me every step of the yeah. way. Such a beautiful, beautiful TV match. Uh, not enough people talk about that. The Miro stuff with Fuego, where you thought, oh my God, is he going to lose? It was great. Yeah. The heartwarming thing with the contract. Then he got the hater return and a really good Baker match in Pittsburgh. It was a 10 out of 10, no notes. Especially because, yeah, I think. Uh, other maybe uh, bad faith actors who do podcasts that haven't been described as the current AW uh, by the current AW world champion as um, one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- They had their knives out ready for that show, weren't they? Like, oh, if Reach has exceeded their grasp, oh, it's all one like step the, too far. All the tedious. And then they there. just, they everyone just put to throw their hands up after that. And, and obviously, first dance. Punk's arrival and the way they did that, the way they didn't, you know, we were speculating about how they should do it. Do they make people wait around? And they just went, no, just just go straight out of the gate because there's no point messing about here. And, yeah, anyone who was maybe disingenuous in terms of their analysis just had to throw their hands up and go, yep, this was perfect. Yeah. So um, it was a hell of a start for this show, and it had, had some incredible moments. I think the thing that, uh, when I was writing my notes down for some stuff I wanted us to mention, obviously it had the... The Cage Omega, uh, Cage Omega uh, World Title Match. Um, we'll talk more about CM Punk. Obviously, he was first name on the list when it comes to, to Rampage. But I think you and I have to automatically go to Utah Mox. That's where it all began, really. Utah Mox was my favorite match of last year. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely incredible. I thought it had built so perfectly on their first two Dynamite matches, where the first one was a massacre. The second one was a nice, tight seven, eight minutes of, oh, he's... Improving somewhat is this Wheeler Utah. Like in storylines, I mean, obviously he's got this great, great, precocious technical aspect to his game. And the third match is right, let's see what you've got. Like, what an unbelievable proving ground message. And this is what I love about it was the disciplined character work from John Moxley. If you disregard convention and cliche, carve your own path, stick to it, and never deviate in the pursuit of a cheap pop. John Moxley doing a shock kick out face <laughs> yeah. was absolutely incredible. He's the most confident, I'm going to win, I'm going to you know, drink, drink your blood and gargle your piss, the MGF line, <laughs> for him to do. No, 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 please, I won that one. You have to let me win. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was trying to escape through the skin of his teeth. Like, the blood came out of... Utah's forehead, like a, just a geyser. (laughs) It was an incredible visual, a perfect match. Like, I loved every single second of it, and I'll never forget it. No. That's one of those things, I think. um, It's like the hype as well. Sorry, sorry. It was the same taping in Boston as Bucks FTR 2. Oh, was it? I remember reading... I know there was a better match on Rampage. And I was like, no, there f- wasn't. <laughs> it's like, oh, Moxley, it was like, 
great. I was like, I'm sure it was very good. Yeah. It can't be better than that. I was like, no, like, you are going to see something you won't believe when you watch this match. Skipping into work on a Monday to review it, yeah. <coughs> no, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think it speaks volumes. Like, that's just, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give myself a bit of a test here. I'll see, rather than automatically, as I do with everything nowadays because of the internet, rather than automatically going, well, this will be somewhere, I'll just read what was rated the most uh, popular matches of, of Rampage of the last year or two years or whatever. I'll see what I can actually remember. Uh, and like I say, Omega, that, that first show just yeah. burnt, burnt into your memory. Um, I remembered, uh, was it a Grand Slam where it was like, uh, Muta maybe showed up? But was that the, is, uh, my brain mushed it all together. Or is that, was it the same show where like Sting and Muta had that interaction and Julie Hart nearly died? Sting and Darby versus two members of the House of Black. I think yes. it might have been Brody and Buddy. Buddy, because Buddy bumps into... Yeah. yeah. So Muta comes out, sprays Buddy, who stumbles backwards and knocks Julia Hart onto the edge of a table. I still don't understand why that just bit... It's like a piece of chocolate breaking off. Yeah. That was really, really fun. And either Grand Slams were both good. That match was like, again, like the hit rate of AEW on TV. I always try and tell people this and tell myself this. There's just so much great stuff that they've done. Mm. Like, just it's endless. Like, I was um, writing an intro for an article. Can't remember which. Where I was talking about this sub-tier of, you can't really remember it. So it's not great, but it's very, 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 very good. And I was going on um, Profite DB, filter by promotion, and they have a, a, a record of every single AEW Dynamite. And I was just clicking on random. So it's got like pages 1, 2, 46. Mm-hmm. And I was going, all right, 43, like 26. Click on a Dynamite. What's this random match that was awesome that I've forgotten about? Yes. Because there's so many. John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. Darby Allen versus Ethan Page coffin match. It's endless, man. Endless. And there was endless stuff on Rampage for yeah. a while. Yeah, so I, I was testing myself to see, see what I could remember. And, yeah, you and Mox is just straight out of the gate. I was like, that was definitely on Rampage. I distinctly remember that happening. I remember the buzz around it over the weekend. I mean that remember that maintaining into the next week. Because often, sometimes, if stuff happens on a Friday or Saturday or whatever, by the time Monday rolls around, it's like, anyway, new week, what are we looking ahead to sort of thing. But uh, quite rightly, and I distinctly remember reading your article, still available at whatculture.com, of your best matches of the year. Yeah. And uh, clicking through, and we were getting up to the, you know, four, three. I'm like, what's he gone? Because there were some matches in there that I thought, well, that's got to be up there. I'm like, what's he gone for, for number one? And then, you know, are we going to have to have words about this, even though you're obviously far more knowledgeable <laughs> than I am? And then I was like, oh, no, yeah. Nailed it, yeah. absolutely. Um, so the, there's that. Um, and one we sort of... It, it didn't necessarily flow under the uh, fly under the radar, but it just came at a time we probably didn't give it the credit it deserved because it was over the Christmas period and, you know, so much wrestling happens. And also that's kind of a time for um, myself and the Dadleys. I, for me, I know for me personally, I just sort of go, I'm burnt out. It's the end of the year. We've done all this content and what have you. And January, it's not like... Right, well, ease back in in January. You're immediately on the, you know, New Japan shows. Yeah, you're on the road to the Rumble, blah, blah, blah. 
But the the TJ Street fight was uh, something else on Rampage. I think that was a, a Christmas Eve Rampage, possibly. Yeah, yeah. the splits into the tax. Jesus Christ! It was a match better that for all it, all the better for it not being entirely clean. Mm. Like some of the table bumps looked a bit more gnarly and wayward than they'd probably intended. Good wrestling's better a lot of the time when it's a little bit off, a little bit. It just creates and feeds this dangerous energy, and it just makes it feel a bit more real, yes. a bit more risky, and a bit more dangerous. And the splits into the thumbtacks, like. What if the one in a place that like you don't want to, like, <laughs> gee, I don't even, you know. Yeah. Can't even empathize with that, but it's still, oh, God, that was class. That was class as well. Um, the best thing I've ever seen on Rampage, that wasn't a match. Can we talk about the uh, Eddie Kingston? Yeah, but just before that, I uh-huh. want to mention uh, Hook's debut, obviously. Oh. His debut match. Just because, again, people are like, Taz is son, eh? Let's see what you got. Yeah. How they're going to present him and... You know, he's arguably still riding that wave to this day in spite of some iffy booking in the middle because people had that indelible image of his first steps into the... His penetration step is so lightning fast. The way he could just lift people off their feet easily, the explosive hips, the way he was just sort of like jumping around Fuego del Sol's Mm. body and just having him under his complete control. It's like this warp speed guy who could move like Puck and wrestle like a shooter. It's like, who, how was how he this good already? Mm. And, you know, it's been a bit of a slow um, rise to doing longer matches and all the rest of it. And there's still some stuff that he needs to work on. Um, but, my God, if he can get as good as he can, he's future world champion. Also, when I quickly mention, I seem to... I've, when I was trying to test myself, I vaguely remember a match that I remember we previewed with a bit of excitement and came in and we we're like, oh, it was such a relief that I was d- delivered. Was it like a Young Bucks top flight match? I seem to remember. We quite enjoyed because we talked about them being the sort of apprentices almost to the books. I think that was Dynamite. That might have been on Dynamite. Young Bucks had that match with the Lucha Bros. Yes. That was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. It was a kind of a typical a weird word to describe it. Yeah. Typical books, Lucha, ma- uh, Lucha Bros match, except more TV paced, less sort of sto- stalling, selling down periods like they've done in the pay-per-view matches. But everything was like the collisions in that match was so great. None of your sort of floating high fives, just absolute collisions. Like people getting flawed, taking bumps, like the like really, like ones you wouldn't do in every single match. But I think it was the first time the Bucks had wrestled for AEW in California, so they would say, oh, "I'm just gonna just do an absolute light switch for a flat back yeah. on the outside to sell for a dive. I'm not gonna gradually go down." It's California. We're doing this, so it was absolutely tremendous. Um, can I talk about Eddie Kingston and CM Punk? Yeah, I was going to say, you, we, we can't really talk about best Rampage moments without talking about CM Punk because he was uh, integral to, from the beginnings, like we say, of AW Rampage. Mox Takeshita. Mox Takeshita, too, yeah. But let's talk, yeah, let's talk Punk and, and, and let's talk, obviously, uh, it's not just about matches on Rampage, moments that we distinctly remember. And, and that one was was a, a real, <laughs> real eye-opener. I liked it more than the first dance. Like, the thing about the first dance is... Not saying it's like, well, it's a bit weird to watch now. Almost bittersweet knowing what's become of AEW since Punk arrived in it. 
and it was all about the momentary thrill of seeing CM Punk back in wrestling. Mm-hmm. The promo was obviously great, um, but in the entrance, it's all absolutely phenomenal, but you get the real punker in this confrontation with Eddie Kingston, and he's such an arsehole, and he loves being an arsehole. He kind of knows he's an arsehole, and he's such a sanctimonious dickhead, and he's loving putting Eddie Kingston down. Mm-hmm. He deserves the headbutt that he gets. Now he headbutts Kingston mm-hmm. at the end. Eddie Kingston's facial expressions are a masterpiece. But I've just been talking about how I shouldn't do as much hyperbole because I need more words to put over Forbidden Door if it's yeah. as good as we think it's going to be. But my God, Eddie Kingston knows anger inside out. He knows mental anguish inside out. He knows the cliche that sarcasm is anger's cousin. And he was so sarcastic, like his facial expressions when Punk was um, trying to bury him. He was looking like really sarcastic. He was like playing the violin. And the more that CM Punk started saying, no, you're a bit of a jabroni. You were like complete lazy bastard back in the day. You had a terrible temperament. Um, you know, you're not as good as you think you are. All of this yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. And he starts getting more and more annoyed, annoyed, annoyed. And then he starts to just really lash out at Punk. And then you get that vis- uh, that image of him with his tongue sticking out. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Like It's the cliche of running through the brick wall. Like I was so fired up for that mm. match. What I love about it as well is people talk, and I hate the word storytelling. I hate how it's used for engagement. I hate how it's completely misunderstood by so many wrestling um, critics. Yeah, like so many in the fan engagement accounts, like they haven't a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> I hate the idea that everything has to be an epic saga, and I love an epic saga when done well with the elite. Oh, yeah. But I hate the idea that it has to go three months. That you have to lay on the uh, the, the story beats thick through exposition because the idiots won't understand. And you know what? They've been proven correct, WWE. If anything, with the way they and I hate that yeah. the way that they approach storytelling because they're not incorrect. Um, I wish they were, but they're not, it seems, because that story word gets un- misunderstood so often. The idea that when you have a conflict in your real life, it's never this incredible saga, this thing that just happens for four months and then ends. It's always some dickhead at work. Not at what culture. Mm-hmm. In previous jobs, it's always that person that you have this low level, oh, God, I hope I don't run into them. <laughs> oh, God, this dickhead has completely reduced me to size um, because he's in a management position. Tell you what, right, when my, f- my first proper full-time job after uni, um, I and I was the Eddie Punk, uh, the Ed- Eddie Kingston to this guy's CM Punk, right, <laughs> yeah. in terms of he was like a big hotshot management and I was just like, just got into the company. Grunt. Grunt. Administrative grunt, okay? And um, I was intimidated by the atmosphere. It took me a while to click at this job. Like, I just thought I was useless at it, so my confidence was quite low. Um, and I didn't know this guy. Turns out I did, and I'll tell you a story after we stop recording. He's a nice guy, it turns out. Okay. And um, so he's like a big director, big shot, Okay. And he goes to speak to my manager, not about me, just about something. And he, and she's like two seats away from me. 
And I can't remember for the life of me what I said or what, what the subject of the conversation was. But I think I said something that I thought, oh, I've got a popper here. Oh, yeah. And I think it's going to go over quite well, maybe. And I just remember saying it, and it did not go down well at all. Oof. I wasn't, like, really rude or disrespectful. It just, I must have just misjudged. Yes. And he just went, who invited you into the conversation, like? That's like, you're a divisional director. Yeah. I am an admin, and you just made me feel like that. Like, obviously, there was no malice intended in oh. what I said. And I went, there's more under my breath, basically. <laughs> I related so, and I think everyone will have had an experience like that. Yeah. Or even if not a direct experience like that, just someone you you think is a complete dick, but because of the power structures, you're not really allowed to confront them about being a dick. But you hate them. Yeah. You think they are a <laughs> and that was Eddie Kingston and CM Punk for me. Over in a flash. Yeah. The hatred was so combustible because it just, it, they'd made you think that it had just persisted for years and years and years. You got this incredible flash of an eruption, the confrontation, and it was over in a flash because they'd released it. One more thing about this, right, is that what I'm looking forward to with Collision uh, with CM Punk apparently really influencing his own creative, is that around about this time, AEW, like, late 2021, summer was better than the autumn, probably, but it was still, like, unbelievable. They still had the tropes. They still had these things that Tony Khan does, one of which was the backstage interruptions, which he's calmed down on yeah, since. Yeah, good point. But they were insane at some point. There was even a period where the people doing the interrupting got interrupted further up the corridor. yeah. This thing started through an interrupted backstage promo, but because it was CM Punk, who's always had input on his own creative, it was the best thing possible, the best way to do it possible, because he was scheduled for an interview with Tony Schiavone to talk about something that had happened last week or whatever. And Eddie Kingston, I think, had just lost to Danielson. Yeah. And what a show Rampage used to be. He just <laughs> lost that incredible match to Danielson, which we that forgot to even mention. And he was like livid. He's like, I didn't quit. Like, and they were trying to say, oh, Eddie, you didn't, but you you were knocked unconscious, mate. What can you do? He's like, I didn't quit, and that's just his personality. And he was kicking off in the background of the CM Punk interview with Shivani, and Punk was like, like, trying, like throwing up his hands. I, I, I can't talk because Eddie's going mad again, and he's intruding on my time. And then when they'd finally got Eddie Kingston out of the scene, Punk was like, Tony, have we still got time to talk? And Shivani was like, ah, sorry, we're out of time. Back to the ring. And that's when Punk came out. It was like, ah, oh, typical Eddie Kingston, you selfish, unprofessional boor. I couldn't even do my promo because you just had to have a fit, didn't you? <laughs> it was absolutely immaculate. I want, I'm looking forward to Collision now because CM Punk does this and he's a yeah. genius. And looking back on Rampage, despite uh, our recent takes on this show, we got to say from, from all of us here at What Culture. Hey, AW Rampage. Hey, 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 hey. You are right. Dare you to watch six weeks of this year's Rampage in a row. Absolutely not. Unpress the button. <laughs> 
But let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's show and some of your favourite Rampage moments uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why should they can follow both of us? Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, Smackdown Preview is available right now. I've got Wrestle Culture coming your way later with a hashtag Bloody Go Quiz. And me and Sidge will be back on Monday to review our final Rampage ever. But for now, this has been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.